Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to a Wednesday, November 15th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. On today's show, we got Round Ball Ramble and Swish Theories Corbin Ford talking all things NBA. We talk about uh, the Lakers and whether or not they should or should not trade for Zach Levine. We talk about the Celtics core five, how KP and Drew Holiday and Derek White and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have all thrived uh, playing alongside one another and why they're the juggernaut in the East. Uh, we talk about the Wolves defense making the leap this year along with uh, Anthony Edwards and uh, why he's firmly in the MVP discussion out of the gate here uh, in the first uh, eighth of the NBA season. We also uh, talk a little Clippers uh, with uh, the first couple of games now uh, in the books with James Harden and Clippers still looking for their first dub. So all that more coming up next with the great Corbin Ford. Um, don't forget, folks, you can check us out on YouTube, full episodes, clips, all the good stuff, well over 1.4 thousand subs. So I appreciate y'all uh, watching on the YouTube page as we continue growing that out each and every day. So youtube.com slash Jason was podcast, like, and subscribe, all that good stuff there. Uh, and if you are a new listener and you like today's show, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And then you uh, leave us a five-star rating or write us a review. If you have not already done so helps more than, you know, helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow each and every day. So if you can take care of that today, we would greatly appreciate it. You can always email us at chasemspodcast at gmail.com and then check out the fully awesome website, uh, chasemspodcast.com for all the information about this very show. So without further ado, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back to Chase Thomas podcast. Taping this on a Wednesday evening where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ over there in the Mountain West time zone close to championship proximity than the Denver Nuggets. Mr. Corbin Ford of Swish Theory, Round Ball Ramble, and everywhere else. Corbin, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. We are back. We are talking basketball. Like, let's go. Man, it is. There's a lot going on. We had 
another Draymond uh, insane <laughs> incident uh, from uh, tonight. Um, it, it happening within seven days of the Chris Paul uh, fall into another player. Who did he even fall into? Who was Mike that? Conley. Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Okay. Uh, Mike Conley when they ran the play the Timberwolves earlier. They yeah. So beef with this match. Yeah, this was, uh, we're not going to get into it, but ultimately just some wild stuff for the Warriors. Uh, and somebody on Before Twitter actually predicted this, where they saw that Steph was out and they're like, Draymond is going to, oh, Steph's out, Draymond's going to do something. And then uh, proceeded to uh, do something. and Absolutely nailed it. Like, he was on it. And I looked yeah. at the time, you're right, three hours early. He was on, didn't even wait for anyone to score. Like, no. seriously, score was 0-0. Zero, zero, and Draymond's like, all right, cool, bet. I will say the action itself, Pretty crazy, but I'll, I thought it was interesting. People were like, oh, like, why did you go up to Gobert? It's like, well, Gobert did. It wasn't like Gobert was on the bench. Like, Gobert was pulling um, the guys apart. Like, he did get involved. And then Draymond just saw Rudy and just <laughs> darted. And he was just like, I'm going after the tallest guy on the team uh, in this regard. And, um, yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I did think it was 22 Miles Brown, uh, ESPN True Hoop uh, legend, uh, Wolves fan. He tweeted uh, the side by side picture. He's like, my two big men, uh, I think, where you have Cat yeah, getting pinned down and then you have yeah, Rudy Gobert getting choked fine. out. And you're like, man, those are your two bigs, both taking L's over the last yeah. uh, two years. So, I mean, you say, you know, you feel like you want someone in abandoned, an abandoned building or, or in a lonely yeah, you um, don't want alley. Either. I don't want those two. I'm good. No. I'd rather just take my chances. But Anthony Edwards? Maybe. I think I'm it taking depends. Anthony Edwards. You kind of watched. Mm-hmm. I saw he watched. He didn't do anything. I saw that. Hey. But aside from that, I mean, he didn't get. He didn't want to get. Maybe, maybe it's a business decision. Maybe it's just him realizing, hey, I'm more important to the game if I play than yeah. if not. That's how I'm choosing to look at it. Cause I'm like, yo, do something. That could be guy. But maybe that was him doing that. And if so, I'm fine with it. But if he thought it was more valuable help on this team, no, it was actually Conley Towns because he has 14 points and Towns has doubled that at this point in the game. Mm. Well, there you go, folks. Um, uh, never a dull moment in the NBA, sir. Uh, first, I want to start. Why and why not? Because Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls are, it looks like they are going to reportedly work to get a deal done. Uh, if the right trade uh, pops up over the next couple months, the Bulls off to a bad start. They just, unfortunately, with injuries to Lonzo and company, they're just inching closer and closer to blowing it up. We'll see if Patrick Williams has moved. We'll see what Durant, uh, DeMar DeRozan does, considering he said not too long ago he plans to retire Chicago Bull. So I don't know if that uh, changes his calculus, if the Bulls go into a full tank mode here um, in the East. But uh, Corbin, first off, why, who, why would the Lakers trade for Zach Levine? And then second part, why should they not? trade for Zach Levine because they're one of the three uh main ones it was uh Los Angeles it was the Lakers it was the Heat and who was the third the one Sixers. the Sixers yeah which I really wouldn't do if I'm the Sixers based on how Tyrese Maxey is cooking I would be look the OG and an OB trade is the one I would be targeting if I'm the Sixers you need a defensive mm-hmm. wing and then you just roll with Embiid and an OB and Maxey would be my thing it, it sucks at Kelly Oubre um what happened there because he was playing incredible basketball uh for them so I don't know, but we'll talk about the six in a second. But in terms of that particular question, Corbin, what uh, what 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 is your answer? I th- I mean, if you do it, you're trading for a bucket. Like that's what you're getting for Zach Levine. You're not getting anything defensively. 
I don't think he can play point guard. He's not like a Beal Booker type in that way. I think he's a step below in a playmaking distribution kind of status. But you're getting a guy who at his best can score the ball in a dynamic way. He's a good shooter, um, hasn't been super great this year, but you have to imagine his three-point shooting will bounce back. Um, and then aside from that, I mean, the theory of him is beating, you know, good defenders off the dribble and getting to the basket. Um, at his peak, he was making 70% of his shots within, what, three feet of the rim. Right now, he's making, like, 61%. Like, that's okay. You know, defensively, like, he's not great. Like I said, uh, ball handling-wise, he's never averaged five assists per game. Like, he's definitely a guy who's just going to get buckets. And with the Lakers, I mean, you're going on a team that, let's be real, like, he played collegially UCLA. He's represented by Clutch Sports. In fact, uh, on Twitter today, it showed him watching the game with Rich Paul. Mm. Interesting. You know, coincidence? Me thinks not. But also, like, let's look at the numbers. Like, when LeBron James goes to the bench, and again, I hate to say it, but 39-year-old nearly, year 21, right? When he goes to the bench, the offense dips. Mm. Over 15 points per 100 possessions. Like, that's not great. And when he plays, like, it's been okay. I say this right now is they're just lighting up the Memphis Grizzlies, and he is doing amazing. Like, the Lakers are playing in sync. But, like, again, like, it's not super great. You know, there's been a reason why Austin Reed's been coming off the bench. There's been a lot of overlap between himself and Andrew Russell. Uh, in theory, Levine will bring a different dynamic there. Someone who's a lot more explosive. Someone who kind of toggle between, you know, the LeBron AD pick and roll, kind of do the LeBron Reeves pick and roll, make his own shot, spot up. Like there's different variations for him to fit in offensively. And so that makes sense. Um, and maybe there's a way that you can make a trade where you throw in some extra draft capital um, in addition to whatever package you cobble together for Levine and maybe bring back Caruso as well, which is a guy the Lakers have regretted giving up since they did. Um, and is also someone who would, you know, definitely help their defense as well um, on the perimeter. So that's the theory, I think, when you look at that. Um, the problem is, like, the Lakers can't really do anything until January 15th. Like, they can't really do anything mm -hmm. until December, but January 15th is when all the free agent contracts they sign over the summer can be traded. Um, so there's no way they can match salaries right now. And then, like, their main two picks that they could dangle is, what, that 2029 first-round pick could be big, depending on what AD looks like and the fact that it's safe to say LeBron will be out of the league by that point. Um, and then even that 2027 first-round pick, like, it's protected one to four. Um, and so they could trade it without the stepping rule getting in the way. So that's interesting. They have a way to do it. That's the good thing. Like, I guess that's the case you could make. Um, why I wouldn't do that? Like, no. Like, he doesn't help your defense at all. The Lakers' offense has been rough, and especially when LeBron sits, but is it worth the points you would bleed on the other end with Levine there? Like, you've already had problems. You know, you've had to put Cam Reddish in for defensive purposes. And he's been great, by the way, defensive for the Lakers. But, like, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell are not good defenders. We get that. Um, Levine is probably worse. You know, like, I just don't think that makes sense. And also the value you're giving up to do that. You made this big thing about three stars and how they didn't work out and how Russell wasn't a great fit. You went back to depth. Some measure of continuity is what you talked about this offseason. It's been a rough start to begin with, but injuries have been a thing. Like, what better way to say we don't understand the lessons that we were supposed to have learned than to say, okay, we got to wait till we get healthy, get our guys back, get the continuity together, and then immediately trade a quarter of that for another third star. I just don't think that the juice is worth the squeeze in that. What does it look like? What does the trade look like if you do uh, trade for Zach Levine in mid-January? Who do you think's going That's, on? Huh. I I think D'Angelo Russell probably has to go. Like that's yeah. Are you okay with that? 
Are you over the D'Angelo Russell, Russell experience? Do you still want D'Angelo Russell in your closing five come playoff time? Well, that's the thing. I think that having him helps if he's hot. You keep yeah. him part of your closing five. If not, you don't. Like, I think that there is some – there's room for that. Like, I think mm-hmm. it works either way where you can keep him or you can, um, you know, keep him in the starting lineup. You know, if you need offense in a pinch – He's definitely been so good with the ball. His turnover ratio has been amazing so far. He's shooting the ball decently well. He's had a couple of off games. Like, he's not a perfect point guard, but you're also not trading for a perfect guard either, mm-hmm. right? I think that he's shown real value with the Lakers. And also the intangibles, behind the scenes, he's been a really good locker room guy. He's been a guy who's been supporting his guys. He hasn't complained about his role at all. Like, why risk it? Why risk mm-hmm. it when he's been producing and doing well? Um, with that being said, if you make a trade, you're probably sending out your 2029 first-round pick probably D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and Torian Prince. You could maybe sub out Is it cost that much? Well, you got to make the money work. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the thing. Like, Levine's not making – he's making a pretty penny. So, like, that has to match up. And that's just a lot. That's just a lot. Torian Prince has been so good for the Lakers, I don't think that makes any sense. Um, Rui Hachimura, I think, is still trying to find his way. And the same with D'Angelo Russell. Now, yeah, you could sub out Gabe Vincent or or Jalen Hachifino in for Prince – but that's still D'Lo and Rui. Now, if it's D'Lo, Rui, and Gabe. What's your panic meter on Gabe right now? I was I never super high on Gabe. But if the meter is like between 1 and 10, I'd give like a 5. Mm. His injury is a thing. Defensively, he's going to be what he's going to be. He's going to compete. He is undersized. And his shooting hasn't been great. But you have to imagine that it's going to be, you know, some level of return to form for that as he yeah. got healthy, right? Like, as the season continued. He was shooting, what, 7% from three? Like, you have to imagine there was going to be some room for uptick there for sure. He's not that bad of a three-point yeah. shooter, even with the L.A. tax that I think comes with most shooters to come to the Lakers. So, like, I would say in the middle. I didn't expect him to be as bad as he's been. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he's trying to find his role. It hasn't been super great, and then he got injured. So I'm not like, oh, my goodness. And mind you, if you could keep D'Lo and Rui and trade, like, Gabe and, and Hood Shafino and – you know, in Jackson Hayes or something, then yes, go for it. Do it. Throw in yeah. your first. Like, make it happen. But those are guys who are playing a decent role in your rotation right now. Like, Rui would have been if he hadn't been injured, and D'Lo has been. So I just don't think it's worth it for a guy in Zach Levine who I don't – does he really demonstrably, like, uptick the Lakers' championship chances? I, I, I don't know. I, I like Levine. I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but I, I don't think so. Well, it's also weird when you think about how they're – best five would end up unfolding because like christian wood's been a bigger factor than i think anybody saw coming especially late in games and his fit looks good but you i just don't see defensively at working with levine austin reeves and christian wood closing games to the lakers in important playoff games like that doesn't strike me as a three that you can have around ad and lebron right that puts a lot of pressure on ad i put some pressure on lebron depending on yeah. how you know locked in he is defensively puts a lot of pressure on ad to do a lot of different things and that's hoping that he's healthy throughout the duration of that because otherwise you're bleeding points which put lebron at the four alongside wood or go super small put lebron at the five we've seen that story before i know how that ends i didn't like yeah. it you know so yeah i'm with you it's it's not ideal that that is for certain do you think it happens what's your no. gut tell you I don't. I think he goes to maybe a team like the Kings or, you know, I think the Kings would be cool. If you could do like a Kevin Herter, Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell. I didn't mean myself. I have no idea as I'm talking. Uh, Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell. No, you're funny. Come on now. I will say, though, I, I don't know if you're a believer in this, but I'm a believer in 
maximizing what you're already good at, right? Like I think some I think some fans it. get way too into balance and just yeah. like I want to be just as good at defense as I am at offense. Sometimes you just don't the personnel and like I don't think the Kings are ever going to be a good defensive team. Like I don't think that's ever coming with uh, no. the the nature of the roster. So just lean into being the best offense and being the most unguardable offense with De'Aaron Fox, Zach Levine, uh, DeMontis Sabonis and company. Like, just be a ridiculous offense. And who cares about the defense? Who cares? Like, you're not winning a title anyway with that core. So just lean into having the best offense in the league. Make it a super fun early 2000 Kings. Right. Like, it's fine. Does any King fan think that they're winning the title with this core? Hope not. Right? Like, it's not happening. I do. It's cool. I like it. Great story. I don't see it, but yeah. I mean, I want every fan. I know some really good Kings fans. I want them to believe that. Oh, for sure. But um, lean into but just being now. in the playoffs and being fun for the next four years. And like, see just, what happens. Yeah. Maybe a team gets injured. You know, maybe it's a bad matchup. Next thing you know, you're in the Western Conference Finals. Anything could happen then. Yeah, you could be swept like the Lakers last year, or you can make it a fight or some. I mean, who yeah. knows? Crazier things have happened. We just saw a playing team make it to the NBA Finals last season. I mean, that's true. But I mean, man, that playing team too uh, went in. What six straight now? Eight six straight. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Um, but we'll talk about the Heat another time. They're they're wrong. They make me sad because they just put the Hawks in a blender every time they play them. Like Eric Spolestra owns the Atlanta Hawks. Like it yeah, just doesn't even matter. I don't need to watch those games. It's a waste it's of my a time. Home there. Yeah, it's uh, it's always tough. It's gonna um, be a home. Sorry, I, I don't like it. I don't like it, mm-hmm. Corbin. Um, Celtics. Their new starting five. It has been quite good. Um, their net rating is extremely high and their minutes together. Um, it's just, everything is trending up. They're second in the East right now. Um, they are eight and two as a whole. They're undefeated at home. They won three straight. I, I don't know. I, do they feel, does that starting five just look like a starting five that just can't, if they are healthy, that there's just no answer in the East. Like how impressed have you been with that core and, what, what are you thinking when it comes to the Celtics' big five? I think yes. I think your answer is yes. I don't think there's a whole lot to go there. Um, Milwaukee's been pretty rough so far. Um, Damian Lillard defensively has not been great. He's also shooting the ball at almost career lows. Like, it's not been good for him so far. It's never um, good when, like, you're 10 games in and they're like, we need Caruso to save our season. Yeah. No. That Especially when you just brought Damian Lillard in the trade. Yeah. It's not. Um, Philadelphia, I like them. But, like, a bottom line is, you know, Tyrese Maxey is great. D'Anthony Melton's okay. That's not a match in the backcourt. Like, that's just, no. it just is what it is. And then every other team after that, I don't even think we have to entertain. Them. So, no, I think Boston is head and shoulders above. That starting five is a monstrous unit. They get different ways to attack, whether it's the on-ball attack of a Jason Tatum, uh, uh, Jalen Brown, whether it's the pick-and-roll game of a Christopher Zingas, or even more deadly, of course, the pick-and-pop game. Derek White will make you pay. Same with um, Drew Holiday, of course. Like, it's a really lethal unit all the way across and it's pick your poison, but yeah. either way it's poison. Like you about to get stung. Um, but I definitely think that they're clearly better um, as far as starting five than any in the East right now. And like, I don't know how other teams match up. Like maybe if Dame returns to form, there's something of a conversation there. Um, if Philadelphia trades for Zach Levine, I really don't think it, I think on paper to look better, but I still don't think it'll be a better fit per se. Um so, I mean, and like I said, the rest, I mean, Cleveland, they got their own issues. You know, I, yeah, I, I I think it's clearly Boston um, and there's not a whole lot else behind there. What's been your favorite part about the five? What do you like the best about how Holiday and KP have fit uh, around Jalen and Jason Tatum? And are you surprised that it's been as seamless as it's been? I'm not. 
both guys would fit well. I think Chris Sops, obviously, like, we knew he could stretch the floor. I didn't know how deadly it would be. The chemistry with him and Jason Tatum has been amazing, but we knew that that would be a weapon that they could use, right? Andrew Holiday is, like, one of the most perfect plug-and-play players around. I think on any team, he will bring that defense. On any team, he'll be able to come in and, and knock down, you know, a shot at a, at a pretty decent clip and, and do those types of things. So by no means am I surprised by those two. Like, they were the most plug-and-play of the players that have been moved recently. I think that that's safe to say. Um, and when you put them, you know, they bring all the things you need. They bring a, a release valve for Tatum and Brown. They give you another capable defender in the backcourt. They give you a guy to kind of get you into your offense. You know, not a spectacular point guard, but a guy who can, like, handle the balls. It plays a little bit smarter offensively than Marcus Smart, ironically. Um, and defensively is a terror as well. Like, you're not losing much from that between Holiday and Smart. You're probably gaining a little bit, depending on how you feel about the two. And offensively, you're gaining a little bit more there. So, no, I think that there was, like, I love the match between them. I think I love how Porzingis has been going off. Like, that's been really fun to see. Um, just to see him play like the unicorn that we talked about him being for years has been nice to see. But aside from that, I'm not surprised by the success of those two at this lineup. What do you think makes Holiday and Derek White such an interesting, just devastating duo in the backcourt? Because it's not a traditional star backcourt, but it's just such a pain, the two of them together. And it's just, it's going to really work. And it looks, it looks great. Well, they're just solid pros. They don't take anything off the table. You know, they make enough shots. They can run a pick and roll. They can make some decent high-level reads. You know, defensively, they get after it. They have very good IQ on both ends of the floor. They're smart players who have been in a series of smart systems or at least have been cerebral players within that system. I mean, you have a Drew Holiday who's been a menace for, what, 12 years now? And you have yep. a guy, you know, in well, – he's been longer now, but I mean, I mean just uh, – I'd mm. say a legit menace for about a decade. And a guy in Derek White who was already solid from college in Colorado. And then, you know, we saw he did in the Spurs system and the way he's been able to play there um, and, and bringing that here to Boston. like. Just really good play, really solid play from these two that just fit in their role. And they're not stars, but to use a coach cliche, they're stars in their role. And that's worked out for them. Absolutely. Um, the Timberwolves, we talked about them at the top of the show here, Corbin. Uh, they have the best defense in basketball. Do you think this is all sustainable, first off? I mean, as long as health permits and Anthony Edwards is engaged as he's been, sure. Like, Mike Conley's solid. Edwards has been a monster. We already know what Jane McDaniel brings you, and he brings you a lot from the defensive side of the ball, right? And I think that you had an offseason. We said it was going to be important of of Cat and, and Gobert playing together and kind of figuring it out. And you have two guys who are, at the very least, are deterrents from a vertical perspective, right? They make it harder to get shots up around the rim, Right. And if you have a guy like Jay McDaniels chasing you on screens, you have a guy like Mike Conley, who, you know, even 15 years in is still a very solid vet. And you have a guy like Anthony Edwards, who has the physical tools to be an absolute menace and is really starting to live up to that on the defense side of the ball. Like, yeah, they can keep this going as long as injuries don't come into play too much. You know, like I don't see them suddenly falling apart on that. But like Coach Finch has obviously this offseason worked out for them um, because they definitely judged a lot better on that. And they've made it a lot more difficult. And some of that is personnel. Um, you know, even Nikhil Alexander-Walker off the bench has been pretty solid defensively. Um, so the personnel has been good. The scheme has been good. And also, like, yeah, it's hard. You have three really, you know, very decent to very good defensive perimeter players. And you're funneling that into two shot blockers. Well, one shot blocker and one really tall guy, <laughs> you know? It's funny, though, to think about it, right? Because all the jokes for the last, what, two years now have been, like, the Twin Towers approach and... Uh, what are you doing? Timberwolves going to Timberwolves that this is not where basketball is going, that 
Gobert and Cat is not going to work. The Twin Tower approach is a foolish errand. Like you're trying to, you're trying to pivot when the league is trying to do something something else entirely. And then we're like, oh, actually, it might work. <laughs> and actually, this is all going to work. How much of it is actually Cat and Gobert figuring it out as the four and five uh, that makes this team run? And how much of it is actually McDaniel's Conley and Ant playing a lot better, making leaps, being healthy? to kind of mask still some limitations with those uh, two, two bigs, not really not traditional bigs in today's game. I definitely think it's, it's more of the latter. I think that McDaniels has definitely taken a step. He's been great. Edwards taken a huge step up. I think that there is something to be said for, for comfort more in a system for feeling more um, understanding of your role in mm. that. And, and let's be real. It's an awkward fit before injuries tapped in and messed them up last season. So there was a lot to kind of finagle between that already. Mm. Um, and so that was already a thing. And so I think that there is something to be said for, okay, we're a little bit, we're a little bit better acclimated with each other. You know, we're still trying to figure things out, but we have a better understanding of how this works and it doesn't hurt that our perimeter players have definitely stepped up as well to make it so that they're pulling their weight, you know, and then with the backline defense and not having to be called in the switches all the time, or, you know what I mean? Like putting a mm. killer pick and roll with an inept defensive perimeter player. Like, no, everyone that they have has been really solid on that end and that's helped them as well. So I still think it's the latter. I think the perimeter players have really stepped up in a bigger way, but at the same time, like, you know, Gobert is, is it, I feel like he's more or less recovering some of his defensive tools that he's had before the defensive value he's brought from Utah. He's not going to be that guy again. Age is just a thing. Um, but at the same time, like he's getting closer to that than the clear step back he took last season. Is Cat better at anything in particular you've noticed this year? Has this game evolved in any way? I mean, he's solid. He's a... like he's a solid player. You know, yeah. I don't know if I've seen anything different per se. Um, in fact, no, I, I definitely can say I, I, I don't think I've seen anything like better from him. He still mm -hmm. has games where he's you know piling up massive games. I mean, for the for the season, you know, just under a double double. 19 20 points a game basically just under just over nine rebounds 45 percent from the field 34 percent from three like he's a solid guy i don't think he's ever gonna be the star that people envisioned you mm. know in 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 minnesota like i mean not the superstar he'll be a star not a superstar but like i don't know you want to see him take more threes per game he's taking just five a game uh it's how far from his 2020 heydays when he took um he took almost eight threes a game in 2020 2019-2020, made 41% of them. Now he's taking five a game, making 34% of them. Not horrible, but it's not great. But, like, in general, no, I don't think he's – no. I, I haven't seen, like, a major step in his way um, as he approaches his prime here. But at the same time, like, he's a very solid player. It's just – I mean, I think if it's anything, it's just more clear that it's Anthony Edwards' team and that, like, Towns can fit in alongside that. And, hey, that's fine. I mean, it just is a far cry from what we thought – would be the Wolves with Conley Towns and Andrew Wiggins, you know, both kind of leading the Wolves for years to come. And now it's like they're both maybe high-end role players. And that's not a bad thing. No, and I I wonder too, Corbin, so they played the uh, the Nuggets on November 1st, and they smacked the Nuggets, um, who are number one right now, and Jokic is just another world um, at this point. So it was the fourth game of the season for the Wolves, and Cat had a good game. Um you had Anthony Edwards who had a good game, but you look at 
that matchup, I, <laughs> it's very early, obviously, in terms of thinking about Western Conference Finals and stuff. But let's just say, based on what you've seen from the Wolves this year and that game, and then what you've seen from the Nuggets this year, is there anything in particular about the way those two rosters are constructed that might be a mismatch for the Nuggets and something that they are not going to handle well in a seven-game series against the Wolves? Do you, does that intrigue you at all? Oh, you're muted. That explains a lot. Yeah. Like, why am I talking? I like the Wolves <laughs> bench over the Nuggets mm. right now. Um, I think that that's something that's, but that's probably because the Nuggets bench has just been so rough. Mm. Um, but then aside from that, um, I think that the size of the Wolves is important. Like, Jokic is going to get his, but at the same time, um, having a guy like Gobert to just give him problems or mm. at least be a deterrent, having a guy like Cat that you can kind of just throw on him, I think it's also very important. And so, like, that is something that I look at as interesting. But let's be real. It's Anthony Edwards. Like, he is the problem. The pressure he puts on the defense, the fact that he can score on any one matchup, I think is really, really big. You know, the fact that, I mean, even just now, they, they beat the they beat the Warriors with and breaking down the, the Warriors defense, making a beautiful pass to Mike Conley in the corner for a dagger three. Like that just happened. A lot of that again is the pressure that Anthony David that Anthony Edwards puts on the defense, where yes, they have to account for him. Like literally, the Warriors defense swarmed around Ant and he found a wide open Conley for a corner three. Like, and that's to say nothing for what he did against the Warriors, you know, what, two games ago, where he just went off on his own personal, you know, eight oh scoring run or something, like down the stretch. So I just think there's something to be said for um a, a potential game breaker like Anthony Edwards. But again, the size for the Wolves is important. And also, if you look at the bench depth, not that there's going to be a huge deal in the playoffs, but the fact that you can actually look down and say, okay, Nikhil Alexander Walker, what do you got? Uh, hey, even bigger, Nas Reed, what do you got? Also, another guy you can use to kind of soak up some minutes on, on um, Jokic. So, like, I think that that might not win you this series, but will definitely make it a lot more competitive. What is Ant? Is is he now officially in the MVP conversation? Are we throwing him in there now? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That it, changes it, a lot. And where the wolves are have, going. That is Yo- fascinating. It's a lot. Jokic is up there. Shea's up there. Ant's there. And leading for me is Luka Doncic. Okay. And no surprise there that uh, Luka, Ant, and uh, Jokic are the top three teams in the West. MVPs. Their teams are winning. It's funny how that works. I mean, you know, winning, putting up numbers, like like you said, it, it's crazy what that looks like. Man, I'm excited to see what Ant looks like the rest of the way. And I think this is big for the league if Ant makes this jump and this is a permanent thing. Because, uh, I mean, when you think about it, who's the young superstar wing that was waiting in the wings here? Who who was in that mold of that every team wants, right? Like, those guys don't come through the league. You have the guards, you have the bigs who come through all the time. And then you have the wings who, the three and D wings. So many of them are that, or like the Wagners or the Thompsons, where it's like they can do a little bit of everything. And uh, you hope the Dinovijas can do stuff. And like, by and large, you're just not going to get the the superstar wings, the Kawhis that come through, the Paul Georges, the, um, uh, the Kevin Durant's when he first came into the league. Guys like that just don't come around very often. And 
and you just weren't sure because Minnesota's just been so weird and developed, uh, just made a lot of weird moves, and uh, it's been rocky uh, to this point. Uh, and he still found a way to just kind of break through because I think he deserves credit uh, to make this leap when, I mean, coming into the year, no one saw this. Like, people, we, you and I were not like, oh, well, like, buy some wolf stock. Like, can I sell you some, some Minnesota Timberwolves stock? Can I sell you on the Minnesota Timberwolves being uh, one of the best teams in the West this year? Like, none of us were doing that. And no. here we are. Like, it's just someone had to break through, right? We were talking, I mean, I've said it. I was like, it's Zion. My corner was Zion coming into this year. I will say I was right about uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm just doing a lot of, lot of laps on that one about how that's going. But in terms of one of these guys breaking out in the next wave of young superstars, I I think Mm -hmm. Anne is, Anne is right there. And I mean, it goes back to what you're talking about. Luca, like you have Trey, you have Luca, you have guys like that. You have Tyrese Maxey now who's breaking out as a superstar in uh, Philadelphia. Guess what? They're all in that same, just kind of high usage, elite offensive skill talent the james harden types but you just don't get the ants very often like the ants are just different and i think that's it's extremely exciting because those guys can do it all and it's just kind of a throwback superstar wing that we just we just don't get very much am i overstating it at all corbin i don't think that you are i think that obviously winning plays a factor in that but you're right if you have the ball going through you you know if you are able to kind of go um if you have the ball going through you and you are able to contribute to consistent winning basketball you know, and not just like get numbers. Luca's been putting up numbers for years now. It's yeah. been like, but it's actually now to a seven and two record with some really good wins and some really big performances. Like something to be said for that, right? Tyrese Maxey right now. Not only he's putting good numbers, career highs and across almost all of his, you know, statistical categories, but look at what is leading the the 76ers too. You know, their recent loss to the Pacers, notwithstanding. Like it's the that perfect intersection of that, you know. I mean, I, I look as the closest to you'll get to just sheer statistical brilliance with maybe not as much winning is probably um that um what is it called? It's probably the 2017 Russell Westbrook one. Mm. And and even that, like they still won. They won 48 games. Like, yes, it wasn't the best, but considering the talent there, you were able to give more credence to the statistical, you know, numbers putting up and the record and everything in the clutch you know, shots and everything because, like, they did win. Like, if he did it and they went, you know, 28 and 54, mm. he's not winning MVP. Yeah. You know, they went 48 and 34. Like, it's not great, but it's not horrible. So I think it's it's something to be said for a little bit of both of that. But you're right. Like, the numbers, you can't say the numbers don't count. No, absolutely not. Uh, Corbin. Cor- uh, Corbin's corner here. Favorite weekly segment during the it. NBA season. NBA thought that has uh, been rattling around your brain this week. What is what has been your your thought? Where, where are we going with your corner uh, take here? Um, honestly, what's going on with the Clippers? Mm. I I think it's been talked about um, on NBA Today of all things, and honestly, um, what's his name said it, Kendrick Perkins. But I really think that you need to bring go back to where you um go back to James Harden of old. And by James Harden of old, I mean like OKC Thunder a decade ago. No, actually, no, not even a decade ago, 11 years ago, where you bring Harden off the bench. Because this isn't working right now. It's just not working right now. Um, and I don't think Russ – I mean, I, I'm already a Russ fan, so it's going to come off wrong to begin with by me saying this, but I don't think Russ coming off the bench is the answer. Like, the Clippers are playing well with Russ starting. Russ, Terrence Mann, you know, you have Kawhi, you have PG, you have Zubak. You play through Kawhi and PG – 
Russ brings you the energy plays, you tune your offense. Terrence Mann does Terrence Mann things. And then you stagger it a little bit, bring in Harden to be that second unit point guard, kind of get the two-man game with Zubak a little bit, give him some shooting space to floor, let him free himself up to do James Harden things at his own pace, and let that work right now. Because right now, it's you got a round peg, you got a square hole, you got a little triangle in the corner. It's not working out well. And so I think that that's what you need to do. And, like, I get the politics of it all. And, yes, like, at this point, I, don't, I wouldn't even say at this point that Harden is a better player than Russ. I, I think that they both have their strengths and their weaknesses, and they're all in the same tier, if you will. But that's what I would say would need to happen to give some balance to the Clippers roster. Because right now they're 0-5 mm. since trading for James Harden. They've lost six in a row. 0-5, 0-6. One of they're 3-6 and, and six now. Okay. And they've lost six straight. Or and they're five playing tonight. Straight. And also, do you see who they're closing with tonight? Yeah, they lost tonight. Oh, did they already lose? They already lost. Oh, man. And, like, they just keep getting guys who take the ball out of Kawhi's hands. Yeah. Also, that court, I, I can't watch those games. Like, the court mm-hmm. stuff, the blue, it's it's tough, man. Do you like also, the courts? I, the in-season tournament courts, you should say. I kind of do. I think they're kind of neat. Actually, I can't lie. I think Does it not hurt your eyes? A little bit. Some of them are not <laughs> better than others, but I do like the Lakers one. I like the bright red. Like, some of it does, but I think some of it's unique. It reminds me of those NBA 2K, like, my player courts. Like, now... You know, like it, it, to think it's a real thing. Some of them are weird. I think it's more mm. the jerseys, though, than the courts. Mm. Like the courts are funky, but the jerseys are kind of ugly too. But also, um, since Game Five of the 2020 Western Conference Semis, the Clippers are now one and 23 against the Nuggets. So mm. you should know that. That's my fun tip from Corbin's corner. Oh, I like that. Uh, Corbin, what can the good folks check out from you across the internet this week, sir? You know, you can find me at Corbin NBA on Twitter, X, whatever, and Instagram. Um, Twitter is just a bad, it's a habit. I just, that's what it's known for me. Yeah, anyway, you can find me we're, there. We're doing that, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You can find me there. Um, and then also um, Round Ball Ramble, um, getting more shows up on that. And then uh, the newest one on Roster Re- or it's not new. It's Roster Reconstructions, my NBA team building podcast that I do with um, just various friends of mine. But my biggest friends in this is... Uh, um, Josh Earl and Gary Bouguet, um, we hop on, we talk roster construction from the draft, from free agency, from trades. We did a really good conversation um, last week on why certain players just don't fit on their team, why they don't make it through the rookie contract, the biggest thing about fit and all of that. We talked about Thomas Robinson, talked about Kendall Marshall, Marquise Chris. We, we did it all. It was fun. So that's a really good um, show that's now on the Switch Theory feed um different look you know talking about just roster construction i think it's a really fun one a lot of different avenues to go we're going to do another show coming up here with a really fun uh topic and i think that'll be a blast to do as well so other than that like i said just follow me at corbin nba there you go corbin ford always a pleasure sir and uh, i will talk to you next week appreciate you Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.